Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Truth to Power here on your community radio station. We are Forward Radio WFMP Louisville broadcasting to you from the historic Hayburn building at 106.5 FM and live streaming to the world wherever you are. Even if you're on vacation, you can tune us in at forwardradio.org. We were just so thrilled to be a part of the third annual Bluegrass Veg Fest that took place Saturday, July 9th. It was a great all-day event from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. out at the Melwood Arts Center on Melwood Avenue. Uh, Forward Radio had a table there, and we were just so happy to be interacting with so many people in person uh, and talking about the power of community radio and community in general to make a difference. Uh, the focus of the Bluegrass Veg Fest, of course, was all about plant-based diets and the many regional businesses uh, and uh, nonprofit groups uh, that promote the vegan lifestyle in so many different ways. Uh, and I just had such a great time live broadcasting from the fest. And if you missed it last Saturday, what I wanted to do with this week's show is bring you some of those conversations that we got to have with people one-on-one. Uh, I'm going to bring you not the speakers from the Veg Fest uh, this week, but I'll bring, bring you some highlights from my conversations with the many different folks who were there taking part for so many different reasons. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some highlights from the Bluegrass Veg Fest, third annual on July 9th. You can learn more about it at bluegrassvegfest.com. My name is Justin Mogg, one of the volunteer programmers here on Forward Radio. Here at our booth, we're recruiting new programmers, and I've got one sitting right next to me. I want to introduce our listeners to Renette Bazell. Hi, Renette. Hi, how you doing, Justin? You are proposing doing a new kids show on our station, right? You want to tell us about that? Uh, well, the name's been changed. It was the Self-Love Method. Now it's called the Self-Love Temple. And it's teaching children to love themselves. Uh, uh, there's a lot of bullying going on. In my day, when you went home, you have to deal with that. But now the kids today, they go home, they get on computers, and they get bullied from there. So this is why I start. And plus, I'm a professional nanny, so I work with kids all the time. And I love working with kids. So I think this uh, program will help. And we're changing some things on it that I think it will be even better. And you're a puppeteer, right? Yeah, I'm a puppeteer, so you'll be uh, hearing from Sunshine, because she's going to be Star. Then there's Eclipse, and then there's Purple Princess. She's kind of a uh, very uh, sophisticated uh, uh, Purple Princess. So <laughs> They all have their personalities. <laughs> I am so excited to hear this. This is going to be a totally new type of programming for us on Forward Radio. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> And uh, I'm excited about it and nervous at the same time. So you can come on out to VegFest right now and meet Runette. You didn't bring your puppets, did you? No, I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. We'll get to you later with the puppets. They're going to be mad at me if I told them where I was. <laughs> we also have Patty Payette from Critical Thinking for hey, everyone here at our booth. And already... Patty is digging in. I, yes, I am. We're right next to this place called Smash Bowl. And so I was so curious and I went over there and it is a wonderful, like acai bowl type of place yeah. where they'll put in different things in your bowl. And the main thing is this dragon fruit sorbet. Dragon fruit. And they can add like 
fresh fruit and granola and hemp seeds. Yeah, it's really good. So- I still remember when I visited Vietnam and the piles of dragon fruit were just such a stunning sight. They're so beautiful. <laughs> really? You have a, that's a great memory you have. A dragon fruit, so it's delicious. I will say the other food booths here are just outstanding. I am not a vegan, like I don't I don't identify as a vegan uh, person. And I bet most people here wouldn't. Yeah, but the food and the food booths are just outstanding. So I highly recommend people coming just, just even if you're a foodie and you're not a vegan, you know, you're going to love the options. I think that's the message today is that plant-based foods are for everyone. Everyone. <laughs> that is the message. Good one, Justin. Yeah. Um, they are. Forward Radio is for everyone. Plant-based food is for everyone. Um, I have been more and more seeing different kinds of plant-based foods offered more widely. And I heard a story on NPR last weekend. I don't know if you caught it. There's some guys trying to manufacture plant-based salmon. It's actually artificial salmon. And it was a story about how they are building and manufacturing and working on yeah plant-based salmon isn't that wild well there's more and more of these meat substitute products i'm finding them pretty universal now which is kind of exciting in that it lowers the bar for people who are used to eating things like salmon every day right or burgers obviously or sausages or all these kinds of different things now you can find plant-based versions of them so you really don't have to change your regular diet. The things I usually eat, they're now just plant-based. I know, pretty cool. Um, so yeah. who else is here, Justin? We've also got K.A. Owens from On the Edge with K.A. Owens at our Ford Radio booth. He is joining us for the day here at Bluegrass Veg Fest. K.A., you got anything to eat yet? Well, I haven't tried the food, but it's great to see so many people out. I mean, with you know, all that's going on in the world, I'm glad that people just want to come out and be around each other and just have a good time. And uh, and uh, the thing started at 11 a.m., but people were, like, sort of lined up to get in here. So they're just lined up to get in here. The parking lots are full. This is a fantastic facility. This was a former meatpacking plant over here. I didn't know that. How perfect. Ironic, right? And so, uh, well, yes, 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 yes. And so uh, they've uh, taken the former meatpacking plant and uh, and transformed it to uh, uh, a sort of a, a, a type of mall, uh, an event space, and uh, it's got plenty of parking and uh, so and some solid buildings and uh, and uh, you know it's just a great opportunity for people to be, come out and be around each other, and so uh, it's just great to see people out in their spring summer outfits in their in their uh in their shorts and their t-shirts and uh, uh ponchos because it's raining and uh uh some people with umbrellas some people not some people like it kind of all natural i mean it's it's warm who cares if you get a little wet that's right that's right now ka when we first started this station we had a program called brunch with black folks on saturdays yes. i think what we're doing today i miss that show so much i think what we're doing today is brunch with plant folks well well there you go there you go absolutely absolutely so come on out and join us uh check out our table you can meet ka in person uh you can uh meet patty in person and sample some of these delicious foods and learn a little bit about forward radio and how people can get involved because we want people's voices on the air and if you haven't been to the Melwood art center you just come out Melwood. i mean uh 
uh, Google it on, on your on your smartphone. You can it'll tell you how to get here from either River Road or uh, or Brownsboro Road. It's sort of between uh, 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 Brownsboro Road and Zorn right here. Just just come out here and cruise around. There's a lot of interesting kind of people just walking around. We're in sort of an indoor indoor uh, uh, event space here, so it's nice and dry. Uh, all kind of people are here. But when that sun comes out later today, you might want to check out the food trucks that are outside. Did you see any of those, Patty? Yes, I saw the one of my favorite places in Louisville is called Green District, and they are a salad place. And I saw they had a truck, and I was like, I love Green District. A Spinelli's, a wonderful local pizza place, has a truck. So do they have a fully vegan pizza out there? My guess is yes. That's my guess. Yeah. You got to check it out because I think the theme is all plant-based today, even things like cheeses. Now there's vegan options that you can sample at Spinelli's. Already hopping with people who are stoked about plant-based eating. And, uh, you know, people are just learning what this is about. You know, some people have been doing this for decades, obviously. But then others are just getting into it. And that's why things like cooking demos are so perfect for this event. It's amazing how much is happening here. And uh, we're proud to be here on Forward Radio. Broadcasting to you live from the Veg Fest. We're going to be talking to some of these vendors today and patty payette is already checking out the vendors aren't you patty oh there i am just blown away by everything from like vegan uh louisville vegan jerky yes they're so good oh my god yes to a woman who has a cookbook over here called how not to die <laughs> that's a good tip like a plant-based plant-based diet i was very was piqued my interest. Did you see there's a talk today called Vegans Are Not Filling Up Our Hospitals. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Okay. You're going to be at that one. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then look at this one. This is a kombucha. It looks oh, like a, yeah. a local place. So get this. Um, I've been talking to the people stopping at our booth, and there are people who travel. Like, there was a guy who really? traveled from Charlotte, North Carolina, just for really? this event. Oh, that's so cool. And no wonder it's so crowded in I here. Know, like, and I know. I said to him, I said to him, like, Really? Do you have anything like this in Charlotte? And he said, no. He said that, you know, Asheville and Raleigh, those places are a little more vegetarian friendly and vegan friendly. But he traveled. I talked to some guy from Lexington who had never been to Louisville before. And this drew him here. Okay. So it's amazing in the variety of vendors, right? Yes. You know, it's funny you mentioned Asheville, North Carolina, because when I was visiting Asheville a few summers ago, just randomly walking around checking out the downtown i ran into a vegan festival you did <laughs> yes. in asheville it, it was just like this but outdoors yeah. okay yeah. i believe that asheville's <laughs> a pretty cool place it yeah is. so i love the variety of vendors some of them are uh, sort of more educational focused some right. of them are you know there's even one here where it looks like it's a tie-dye place where yes. everything is upcycled and sort of sustainable what they're doing so it's really, I even tried one of those vegan donuts. Oh, there's vegan donuts. There was a really long line and I couldn't <laughs> figure, was. I couldn't figure out why. <laughs> They've already sold out twice and they go to Bardstone Road and make more. But this, I had the strawberry glaze. Oh, really good. Patty. So Julian's, I guess, is a vegan donut place I didn't know about. Here in town? 
Wow, yeah. that's exciting. Yay. So. I know you can get vegan donuts too at Flora Kitchenette. On okay. Avenue. Yep. Okay. Right so pretty from, cool. Yes, right across from Pegrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course, yeah. I mean, a lot of us know who are in the know and already trying to eat plant-based. We know about some of those local businesses. We know about Louisville Vegan Jerky, but Pegrets, there's all kinds yeah. of things around here that I've never heard of. That's what makes this so exciting is that it's everything in one place and yes. that you may hear of things in bits and pieces online yes. or from friends, but to see everything here in one place, that yeah. is pretty special. And I love that they put it indoors because of the rain. I know. It's I'm perfect. wearing a mask. You're wearing, some people are masked some up, people some are people masked. are yeah. not. And so, <laughs> you know, but if, if people are worried about the crowd you can feel free to mask up that's right no problem no problem or and there's even food trucks outside if you don't even want to come inside that's true you can just hang out outside yeah uh, wow you know cool so your show is critical thinking for everyone you have yeah. talked about food on your show yes we have do you see a connection here at the bluegrass veg fest yeah i do that that's a great question because i think <laughs> one of the things that i've talked to you and brian about is what keeps people from sometimes being more sustainable or being more um, vegan or mindful right, right. is is access to resources right. is well how do I make it part of my everyday life right. and so um, I what I love about this place is you you can get an edge of intense education from all of these aspects of vegan in fact there's a guy over there that has a booth it's just if you're thinking about going vegan like here's how you do it like it's like a how-to thing i was yeah. like that's perfect yeah and you know so, what so you'll learn thinking if knowing you need to do it is one thing but then how do you do it that's the other thing but you'll i think if you talk to people here you'll find there's so many reasons why people are trying plant-based foods right oh, yeah. people yeah. are thinking about this right in a lot of different ways you yeah. went right to health right like some people go right to health yeah there's gonna be a talk later on animals some people are really concerned about animal what, what our modern industry does yes. to animals yeah. or they might be c concerned about consuming meat and what that does to our environment and the toll that it takes on our environment so other people are taking it from a sustainability exactly people who are concerned about climate change they look at their personal carbon footprint and they realize what a large portion of that is just the meat that they consume, right? Right. And of exactly. course, there's, if you really want to dive into the weeds, right, there's certain levels of carbon footprint depending on the kind of animal you're oh. eating, right? You can eat lower on the food chain yeah, right. if you eat poultry and fish, right, than if you right. eat pork. Yeah, or I, I, I've, I've always been a bit of a flexitarian myself, <laughs> so so I, I try to eat, do eat a little bit lower on the food chain, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I love that this is everything in one place and people are so friendly and come from all over. And it's really, it's really cool. It's my first time being here. Yeah, and there's over 50 different vendors to talk to. And I know you're exploring them. I want to yeah. talk to some of these vendors yeah, too. Yeah, you go for it. You so, go for it, Justin. <laughs> yeah, good to this run into exciting. you again, Patty. <laughs> and we're one of the vendors as well. Check That's out our right. Ford Radio we're booth. Learn about how you can get involved in community radio, making radio that matters here in Louisville, Kentucky. We are part of the community, and we love to get out in the community. May I talk to you uh, live on the radio? 
Uh, my name is Justin Mogg. We're broadcasting here from Bluegrass Veg Fest. Tell us about Elixir Kombucha. Elixir's a, we are a craft beverage company based in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, right here in Louisville? Where do you make your kombucha? We brew down in West Louisville at Chef Space. It's a kitchen incubator we share with food trucks and caterers. Um, including uh, this food truck, these two folks just really? stepped up from a Good Belly uh, food truck. They make awesome, awesome sandwiches and, among other things, potato. What, what's the potato deal you guys do? The lacas. Those things are dope. Yeah. Anyways, so we pair those with our kombucha, and it's it's a nice pairing. So yeah. How long has Elixir been in business? We've been in business for six years. No yeah, yeah. And we just switched to cans, so we're doing nationwide shipping now too. Really? People can go on the website elixirkombucha.com and. We'll ship a case to your door. Can I find you at a local bar? Yeah, we're at uh, well, man, a bunch of places. So down in Nulu, you can find us at uh, Royals Hot Chicken, uh, Akasha Brewing Company, West Six, The Craftery. Um, and then best bang for your buck is Whole Foods or Rainbow Blossom. Yeah, you can, your, your money goes a longer longer way there. So, I imagine we have a few listeners who maybe never have tried kombucha. You want to tell us what it is? Absolutely. So kombucha is a fermented tea. Uh, it's naturally occurring probiotics and organic acids, and then we flavor ours with um, fruit juices and herbs and spices. So it's good for the gut, uh, it's good for your immune system, and it's nice and bubbly too, so super refreshing. So sort of like a much healthier version of soda. Exactly, a lower calorie soda with probiotics, yeah. Absolutely. And people can buy a six pack of it now. Yeah, we do four packs and 12 packs on our website. Um, and yeah, we do local home delivery and nation nationwide shipping, yeah. You want to share a few of the flavors of kombucha you make? Yeah, we just released Watermelon Crush. It's watermelon, hibiscus, and lime. And then we also have Pineapple Ginger and Lavender Lemonade. Those are our two best sellers. And then uh, our Grapefruit Kombucha just won an award at Kombucha Con back in April. Uh, yeah, expert judge panel, uh, three rounds of judging, and Grapefruit came in. Uh, we, we got silver for that. So, yeah, yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate it. I don't know much about like the history of kombucha. Do you know like where this originated? I can give you like the 10 second crash course in it. So kombucha has been around for about 2000 years. It originated in China. Um, and so kombucha, so cha is tea in Chinese, right? So, uh, and then there was an emperor there whose name was Kombu. And the legend has it that he was on his deathbed and sent a bunch of people out into the land to find a, like the, uh, the an elixir to cure his ailments. And someone brought back this mushroom tea is what they called it at the time and it apparently revived his health and so kombucha was known as the immortal health elixir for a long time and that's why we called our company elixir awesome what's your name Corey. Corey, so good to meet yeah, you on justin uh, i wish you best of luck here at blue ass veg fest you'll be here until six right oh yeah we'll be here all day you've got cold kombucha yeah we got it on ice yeah. <laughs> all right good luck to you that's one of the 50 plus vendors here at Bluegrass Veg Fest, Elixir Kombucha, brewing it up on the West End at Chef Space. What a cool thing. There are many vendors like that here that have different products for sale. But then the neat thing is that there are people here just for education, right? And so I want to talk to some of those people uh, and learn a little bit more about what they do and why they do it and their connection to eating plant-based diets. Uh, one of the booths here is the Toppler Hauler Farm Sanctuary, a 501c3 vegan farm sanctuary located in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, right here on planet Earth. Uh, and they are seeking donations and sharing information about Topper Hauler Animal Sanctuary. Uh, 
I want, I want to try and talk to some of these folks. There are actually many people coming up to talk to these folks. So um, they've got some pictures of some of the rescued animals on their farm at Topper Holler Animal Sanctuary in Shepherdsville. Uh, there's some pictures of some really cute goats, uh, pigs and boars, dogs as well. Uh, boy, the, the, these creatures are so cute. Uh, hey, we're broadcasting live here on Forward Radio. Uh, I wonder if I can ask you about Topper Holler Farm Sanctuary. Absolutely. What's your name? My name is Kent. Hey, Kent. I'm Justin. Uh, so is this your first time at Bluegrass Veg Fest? Absolutely, yes. It's our first time here. It's our first time kind of out representing what we do. And what is it you do? Tell our listeners. We provide lifelong care for animals that come from situations of neglect or abuse. Now, this is not a wildlife sanctuary. These are domesticated animals? It's a farm sanctuary, uh, farm animal sanctuary. And so mostly pigs, because pigs are the farm animals that need the most help right now. Uh, because people tend to get pigs that they think they're going to have as a pet, right? And then what they've, the, uh, the animal that they brought into their lives is indeed a farm animal that has its own instincts that are different from a pet that they might be used to. And then these pigs that they get will end up in a situation that they need help. They need a home. Uh, and that's what we do is we provide a lifelong home for animals like this that need our help. And we are a nonprofit uh, charity. And we do this just to take care of the animals. We're both vegan. Uh, me and the co-founder, Marielle, we co-founded the sanctuary because we're vegan, because we want to take care of animals. So I'm so glad you you went right to the connection there for why you're at a a festival that's about eating, right? <laughs> exactly, and that's why. So uh, we do it for the animals, and that's what we were invited to come here and represent what we do, and um and we're just so happy. We're in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, and you can find us online at topperhollersanctuary.org, and um we're named after my dog Topper that I rescued. And so that's how the name, and you know, in Kentucky, we have the hills and hollers, right? We live back in a holler that's named after my dog, Topper. That is so cool. How many animals are you sanctuarying right now? It's, it's hard to keep track sometimes, but it's mainly pigs, you know, because, uh, because pigs are what needs the most help right now. But we've got pigs and goats and dogs. The goats, yeah. Yeah, you can see we've got all our pictures here. Uh, and maybe if you're listeners, if you want to go to topperhollersanctuary.org, and if you go there, there's links to our Instagram, Facebook. There's even like a, a little gallery there where you can see photos of our animals, see photos of what we do, and it tells you about what we do and why we do it. But let's make it clear for listeners, this is not an organization that adopts out animals, right? That question is not easy to answer. It doesn't have an easy answer. Now, if there are people who want to bring a pig into their life, we can make that happen. Now, uh, the key is that people have to understand if they want to adopt a pig, they're bringing a very special animal with its own unique instincts. So dogs have instincts of their own. Some dogs are for herding. Some dogs know more about, um, you know, like, uh, you know, some dogs are bred for hunting, some are bred for herding. Pigs uh, have different instincts of their own. They like to root around in the soil. They like to make mud puddles. They like to do these different things. And so, for example, when people think they're getting a little pig that's going to be cute, and then it gets out in their yard, and it does what it comes natural to it. And then the, their yard's getting torn up, and they say, well, we need to get rid of this thing, right? And so that's, that's why it's a very special situation. If someone wants to adopt, we like to really educate and advocate for these animals 
to make sure that these people know, you know, kind of what, what, what pigs do and what they're about. Now, they're very loving animals. They love affection. And like I said, if you want to go to topperhollersanctuary.org, you can see how they like to belly rub. And they like, you know, they really love affection. Uh, but they also, they love to tear up the, the earth. They get their noses in the, in the ground and they like to, you know, and those are instincts that they like. So, but like I said, our main thing is we're a charity, we're a nonprofit sanctuary, and we provide lifelong care for these animals. Well, I honor you so much for that work. I know that there's been a lot of research about how intelligent pigs are. They are they're very intelligent. They're very intelligent. They're very social. They have their own unique personalities. Um, we've got, you know, we've got a slideshow up now. I know your listeners can't see it, but again, if you go to topperhollersanctuary.org, um, you can see pictures of them and with how how they have different personalities and how we, they like their bellies rubbed. They like to follow you around. They're curious. They're very intelligent. They, um, it, it's just been so fascinating as we we started in 2020 and since that time to learn each animal and their unique personalities. Some of them are very spoiled rotten. Some of them are very sweet and affectionate. Some of them are very grumpy, <laughs> you know? So there's all, you get to know them and they're so special and we love them very dearly. Now, did this project come out of the pandemic? Because I know there was a lot of people adopting animals for the first time when the pandemic started. And so was that what happened? There were all these pigs that people were, oh my God, I can't keep this. Well, we did start at the beginning of the pandemic. We started in early 2020. And it just, I'll tell you a long story short, a friend of mine is a veterinarian in Paris, Kentucky. She was fostering two pigs. And she found out that I had a little bit of acreage in Shepherdsville. She said, hey, I got pigs looking for a home. Would you take them? And, from, and so I took those pigs in and learned what they were all about. And then people start talking. They say, oh, so-and-so's got some pigs. He might be able to help your pigs that need a home, right? And so it's true. It didn't. So for, that wasn't our experience necessarily. Although I will say we did start during the pandemic and we started bringing in animals to their to their lifelong home with us at that time. Now, you mentioned that they're they're very affectionate, but they're social creatures as well. Pigs, do they play with each other? Absolutely. They like they form their own bonds, their own social bonds. Um, there are certain ones that uh, they'll follow each other around and all check in on each other. They'll even, which one of my favorite things to see is a pig will lay down on its side and another pig will come up and say, you know, walk up and think, hey, you know, what are you doing here? And then start giving it like a belly rub with their nose. Start really just, they form these bonds because they are so, like you said, intelligent and they, they have their own uh, emotions and their own just their own personalities and they really are very special little beings that they they also love people and we have special i'll talk for as long as you want listen i'll talk i love our pigs and i'll talk all day about our pigs but we've really come to learn so much about what they have to offer us and what uh what that we can provide for them and we have a special pig name I'm sorry. I'm going to start crying. You're, you're good. You're the good. thing is, you Roger, made a connection. Roger, when he came to see us, he did not want anything to have to do with people. He didn't want anything to do with people. He he was scared. He stayed in his shelter. Because he was abused. Yes. Yes. But when he came to see us, now it takes time. It's like a dog or a friend. Like, a, you know, when you meet a new person, it takes time for that trust and that bond to develop. 
And when Roger learned to trust us, and he'll lay down and let you rub his belly, and that meant so much for us to be able to see the progress that he made. And there's that's you know there's other similar stories that we have with pigs. When they learn to trust you, they care for you. They give you affection, and you can give you, them your affection. And you can see some of the photos that we have with Mariel. She'll just lay down, and the pigs will come and lay down with her. She'll rub their bellies. She'll you know just spend time giving them affection and i like that's what i like to say you can see it's written up here on our on our display this is protection and affection and that's what we offer to our pigs protection and affection for their whole lives well to me that's just such a much more rich way to interact with the world to get to know a pig most people in america the only time they might see a pig is in a truck passing by them in butcher town right Absolutely, and that's the sad thing. I don't know, Marielle, do you want to say a few words? You want to yeah, I'd love to talk to you too, Marielle. You're co-founder of the Sanctuary? Yes, I'm co-founder of the Sanctuary, and I agree with that. Most people, and I tell a lot of people with children here, um, they don't see pigs much more than outside of petting zoos or farms or something like that, and they have an image of pigs that's not the image that pigs really are. Like, they are the cleanest animals that you will ever meet. They like they will be in mud when it's hot because it cools them down, um, and it keeps bugs off them, but I think that meeting a pig in person changes a person um, and it's a different experience than when you're like just seeing them in a movie or something and you actually come face to face with what is happening to them in other spaces. Yeah. Do you guys want to talk a little bit about the goats too? They have personalities as well, right? <laughs> they have a very big personality. Uh, goats, where do I start? So goats are very also very special and they have their personalities and they tend to be um, you know, I talk about them being spoiled rotten. The pigs can be rotten. The goats are definitely spoiled rotten. And, um, uh, but they're just, they are such just wonderful souls as well because they're very curious. Um, they, they, uh, like to, uh, enter new environments. Like sometimes we'll turn them loose and let them get into the woods and check out the different kinds of leaves and weeds that they can eat, you know, cause they'll, you know, you know how they have that reputation. They'll eat a lot of things, but mainly Goats are browsers, right? So the difference between a horse and a goat would be a horse is a grazer and a cow is a grazer. They graze from the ground. Goats are browsers. Uh, similar animals that are also browsers would be uh, giraffes. Their their faces are going to be what's in front of them, like the trees. And and so um, and so goats are similar. They like to they'll come and and they'll they'll if there's a leaf in front of them, their noses are very attuned to what's good for them and what's not. But they'll clean, you know, they'll just, they'll tear all the leaves off a, a little tree or, or um, you know, like clover. They really like clover. They also eat grass, you know, so they'll, uh, they'll graze on our grass or hay or that kind of thing. But they're, they're also very curious animals and very, um, they're also very loving. But ours are kind of rotten, I'll be honest. Like, <laughs> it, takes, it takes a special person to interact with our goats, you know. So, but the pigs more are craving more of our attention, you know, they... But the goats are more independent is a good way to put it. They're more independent. And they really, you know, so I'll talk for a minute about the care that we provide for their, uh, how should I say, uh, they're kind of, so like their hoofs, for example. So we have to trim their hoofs. Uh, we have to trim the pigs, their tusks grow. Uh, and that's natural for them. They grow um, kind of like, you know, there's different animals like, um, you know, like, um, uh, animals that have to complete they have to constantly chew on things to have like squirrels for example their teeth grow fever yeah. so it's it's similar to that okay. now they don't go quite as fast but pigs do need their tusks 
trimmed every once in a while. They need their hoofs cared for. Uh, and they, and so we also, we do that kind of care ourselves and we bring in professional farriers that work with horses and they'll, uh, they come in for us twice a year and do checkups. And, uh, and we also do wellness checks for all our pigs and goats. We also have uh, two dogs that came into us from situations that, you know, so we're more a farm animal sanctuary, but we also have these dogs that we rescued that, you know, that really have given us their trust to give them lifelong care. Sounds like you need a lot of space for these animals. How much land do you have for them? Well, uh, so we have, um, so you do. The short answer is you do need space for animals. You have to think that these, um, these animals come are their farm animals and they and farms need you know when you think of a farm you think of the fields and the pastures and the areas well at least that's the way it should be right if farming is done properly and so uh, they should have fields and pastures and, and areas where they can wander around so we uh, have to have kind of a rotational process to keep to let just and we we also so I will say this too it's a, we don't advertise it as much but we're also a woodland sanctuary we allow the trees to grow and the only time we you know cut down trees is if they're you know if it's either a species that's invasive or for the health of the forest we might take down a tree but but we also so that the ground the earth can stay healthy we'll you know rotate them to different areas and uh, and so that you know to kind of answer your question about the space and the land you have to pay attention to how many animals you have on any given amount of land because if we bring in too many animals then we're not doing any favors for well and overtax the animals because we can only provide care for um for a certain number of animals and so while i'm talking about that i'll tell your listeners that there's a special thing that we're doing. It's called the Holler Heroes. Oh, nice! Holler Let's Heroes. And so if you go to Patreon, our Patreon, uh, so there's if you go to topperhollersanctuary.org, there's a link on that site for our Patreon. If you scroll down, it says Holler Heroes. You click there, it'll take you to our Patreon. Or you can go to patreon.com slash topperhollersanctuary. And we have different, of course, people, we would love people to pledge a monthly, however much you want. You can be as generous as you want to be. That's what I want to say. But we have a special, uh, unique cadre of supporters called the Holler Heroes. The Holler Heroes. And if you're a Holler Hero, you pledge $1 a month. $1 a month. But you think about it. If each one of your listeners pledges a dollar a month, you know, say 100 people say, ah, sounds like a good idea. I can afford that. Yeah. 100 people, that means a lot to our animals. Absolutely. We have to provide them with food, yep. with shelter, with uh, veterinary care if they need if they need medicine, uh, all their wellness checks. Taking You know, we provide lifelong care for these animals. And because we're a nonprofit tax-free charity, we rely on supporters to help us with that. So uh, the thing that makes Patreon easy is you can go on and you put in your bank card, you or your you you yeah. said it and genuinely a dollar a month. Makes a it, to you. Yeah. It, the more people, if everybody here gave us a dollar a month, right. it would change our lives. Yeah. And it's not so much for each individual. So, but the main thing I want to say is just like you know, obviously, like I said, we rely on the support of of people that are generous and charitable, and we can't do it without your help. 
but our main thing is we we just want to give these animals a good home and and develop relationships with them and provide them with the protection and affection that they need i'm so glad to learn your story and to share it with our listeners and i encourage everybody to come see the pictures and talk to you guys individually here at the bluegrass veg fest you'll be here till six absolutely please come and see it we love like i said i will talk about our animals as long as you you know i'll talk as long as you want to i'll talk and and uh, we love meeting new people and and just giving them to a chance give give people a chance to know what our lives are like with these animals and and what they're like and just the just a genuine unique uh nature of these just what they have to offer in their friendship and compassion and just the, their their unique personalities it's just it's so special i'm so glad to hear your story good luck to you folks at topper holler animal sanctuary are here at bluegrass veg fest don't miss them yeah come see Google Forward Radio? Okay, I'm going to look you up right now. Forwardradio.org. We're your community radio station. Uh, I want to talk to my friends at the Organic Association of Kentucky. Hey, Katie, how are you? Oh, I'm doing so good. Hi, Justin. Katie Harvey is with Oak. You guys have a lot going on in the summer. I'm kind of surprised to see you here. I know, we do. We have so much, Justin. We have this full lineup of farmer field days. And you were recently at Rootbound here in town, right? We were. We were at Rootbound. We were highlighting their kind of diversified market farm operation and showing that off to lots of Kentucky farmers, aspiring farmers, getting them more information about how to grow organically in Kentucky. That's what we do best. Um, We are a great technical resource for farmers and just kind of learn more about growing Going organically. Yes, and Rootbound, I think, provides a really great model for how to do it right. They have such a diversified operation. You want to tell people about that? They do. So Rootbound Farm, if anyone's unfamiliar, they're an Oak member farm. They're based in um, Oldham County, and they have a wonderful diversified operation of 40 to 60 different crops that they grow for their CSA, community-supported agriculture, as like a weekly vegetable box that people can sign up for. Um, they still have space in their CSA. If you're Is that right? No way! You can, you can sign up, check it out. They also really do a great job of providing a lot of food for the Fresh Stops program, and that's a sliding scale CSA model um, that's operating in Louisville. It's a great program. Check that out as well. Um, And they do farmers markets. So they go to the Douglas Loop Farmers Market. You can check them out there. They have all those great vegetables. They also um, raise certified organic um, chicken. They have certified organic lamb, and then they do certified organic eggs. So everything they do is organic. Um, They're a great model for other folks on how to, you know, on organic farming. And they're really working the community supported agriculture side of it. And that is such important for sustainability on the economic side, right? Absolutely. So CSA is just a really fantastic way to support a farm for a whole season. So when you join a CSA, you are joining for 20 plus weeks. So in Rootbound's case, it's 24 weeks of vegetables. So that's six months of fresh, local, organic vegetables. Um, and that investment really helps support the farm. They have more um, more financial resources to kind of get the season going. And then you can get that relationship with the farm. You're getting, you're hearing from them every week. You're picking up your box. Um, so it's a really about connecting to your food, knowing who's growing your food. That's what CSA is all about. Yes, absolutely. So everything you're getting is um, grown in season. And you can also go online, though, and customize your box. So for anyone that's familiar with the traditional model of CSA, it's kind of come a long way. You can pause your box if you're gone for vacation. You can customize it by going online. Um, it's really flexible, and it's not as rigid as it once was. So definitely you know, circle back to it if, if you um, and check it out. Um, Rufan has a great program. So 
And if people are like wanting to experiment with plant-based diets, what a great thing to do to subscribe to a farm and get what's seasonally available you might discover vegetables you never tried before. Absolutely. So we love um, for this, like kind of the fun of CSA, that seasonal eating journey when you're trying new vegetables you've never had. Um, when you're buying from a local organic farm, you're going to be able to get things you would never get in the grocery store. So kohlrabi is a great example. It's that yes. funky spaceship vegetable um, that no one knows what to do with. The kohlrabi has landed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So um, you had kohlrabi soup. I haven't. I usually um, slice it up raw for salads or I'll um, batter it and fry it. Nice. It's not healthy, but it's very delicious, like a little kohlrabi chip. Um, but yeah, so you can really try new things. You can get access to foods you would never get. Um, and if you're looking for a plant-based diet, definitely check out CSA. It's awesome um, to kind of get that, make it convenient to eat all that fresh food. So. And the Organic Association of Kentucky can help connect you as a consumer two local CSAs, right? You want to tell people about that? Yes, absolutely. So you can go to our website, oak-ky.org, and you can click on our Find a Farm directory. And we actually have a box that you can check and just check that CSA box. It's going to pull up every CSA farm we work with, and you can find a CSA operation in your area by going to our Find a Farm directory. And you want to plug specifically why organic agriculture is so important. That's what you promote specifically. But we've talked about all these other things in agriculture. But why is organic so important? Absolutely. Thanks, Justin. And so we really value organic farming principles because it's really focusing on soil health, right? We not only want to provide the community with local food, but we want the food to be sustainably grown. And we really want to help... Um, conserve natural resources so we want to help keep like you know for water quality for the kind of quality of the soil um, organic farming practices is going to really promote and preserve our natural resources um, and it's also going to be in a changing climate the more sustainable option for growing food in our community so it's going to be a healthier soil is easier to kind of withstand those kind of drastic swings in temperature um, it can absorb more water if there's a heavy rain can hold on to more water if there's a drought and so it's really kind of first focusing on healthy soil which you can achieve with organic farming practices and that's going to be healthier food for you and for your community health of the land is connected directly to the health of our bodies that this is what sustainability is all about is understanding those connections right and that our fertility comes from the soil's fertility and all that and people are coming to bluegrass veg fest today and for a lot of different reasons but certainly concern about the health of them and their environment is one and organic has to be part of that solution right I agree. I mean, you said it best. It's a part of the solution because it, you ha it's the, it's the, it's the, um, the three pillars of sustainability, right? It's the economics of sustainability. It's um, the environmental part of sustainability, and it's the natural resources, like the environment. So um, you have to have all of it, right? And so, and of course, there's vendors here. I'm not going to disparage them, but there's all kinds of highly processed foods in the vegan market today, which. If you eat too much of it, it's tough to be healthy, right? So I love that oak connects us directly to like raw farm produce that's good for you and good for the land. Yes, thank you so much for being one of our biggest supporters. We appreciate you. Um, check out oh, check out the Bluegrass Veg Fest. Come on down. It's happening until 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock today. You can check out the booth. What can people learn when they come up to your booth? So they can sign up for our newsletter. They can grab recipe cards on how to prepare some of those local seasonal vegetables. And they can grab some more information about the directory. Okay. They can learn about those farmer field days. Yep. 
And they can learn about your annual conference too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, and that is happening. We set the date. It's um, the last weekend of January in Frankfurt at Kentucky State. So check out all the things. Oak-ky.org. Thank you so much, Katie Harvey from the Organic Association of Kentucky. So great to connect with you again. <laughs> oh, thank you, Justin. I appreciate it. You're a radio pro, I can tell you. <laughs> We're broadcasting live from Bluegrass Veg Fest here at the Melwood Art Center. Wow, what a day. There are so many people coming out to support plant-based diets. You know, a lot of people are here for health reasons. And so there's several vendors who are just promoting health, like Barefit Adventure Training right here in Louisville, Kentucky. And you can enter to win. Hey, can you tell me what you can enter to win here at the Bluegrass Veg Fest? Yes, we are giving away six months of free small group training and a lifestyle change coaching program. That's it's all, all the lifestyle change coaching is plant-based, so we're giving that away. No, wait, six months? That's like serious amount of time. Yeah, so it's Barefoot Adventure Training, and we're giving that away today. So we're excited to be here. Tell me about what Barefoot is for people who don't know. So Barefoot is a personal training and lifestyle change coaching facility down in Germantown area. And so we do plant-based lifestyle changes as well as uh, mobility and body awareness-based personal training. What's your name? My name is Rob. Hey, Rob. I'm Justin from Forward Radio. We're live on air telling people about what's going on at the Bluegrass Veg Fest. And did you have a personal story about plant-based training yourself yeah so i went vegan in 2008 i watched a documentary called earthlings which at that point i just emptied out my refrigerator and (laughs) saw what happened to animals yeah and then for years after that i was eating kind of more junk food vegan because i didn't really understand it and then over the years i discovered whole food plant-based nutrition which not only is good for the animals and the environment but it's also good for us and so we started a facility that taught that stuff as well as um, natural movement fitness so that was kind of how i got into it and we've been doing this for seven years and uh, down in the germantown neighborhood yeah now there's like bodybuilder folks who are vegan these days right like this myth of like oh you can't get enough protein as a vegan like that that's really falling away isn't it yes it is and again the fitness industry for so long has repeated the narrative that you have to eat you know your body weight and protein every day and all this but the study the studies actually indicate that the average american gets about 70 grams of protein per day which is more than enough unless you're a competitive athlete and uh, what we really are low in is fiber Uh, most americans are way way undernourished with fiber so we need to focus more on that than protein because if you if you eat a well-rounded uh diet each day of plant-based foods you get plenty of protein and the distribution of macronutrients is perfect so that's a big thing that we kind of help people break that belief that you're you know that you don't have enough protein in your diet so so what kind of proteins do you eat that are plant-based really you can get protein from almost any source but beans and whole grains even broccoli has a sufficient amount of protein in it if you want to supplement there's plenty of plant-based protein powders um, all around i mean you can find it kroger any place nowadays so yeah there's lots of options it's gotten easier to be vegan, hasn't it? So you started in 2008, right? You've seen the change? Absolutely. When I first started, there was a couple of companies that made plant-based meats and other things like that. And now, I mean, if anybody that comes out here can see there's a, a million options. You can have cheesecake. You can have queso dip. You can have uh, taco crunch wraps. I mean, there's there's in all the years, there's basically been nothing that I found that I wanted to eat that was from an animal source that can't be made well vegan and made delicious and healthier. So, But it's definitely got easier with the advent of all of the different um, options at the grocery store for sure. And I think something like these meat substitutes or, or a vegan cheesecake will really help lower the bar for people who think that 
I don't know, going plant-based might mean suffering or giving something up, right? Absolutely. I, I gained weight when I went vegan, so you, you can definitely find all sorts of stuff. You know, technically Oreos are vegan, so there's, you know, so lots of things that people really, unfortunately, that, that don't understand what plant-based nutrition is, they, they tend to think it's just eating salads for every meal or whatever, and while obviously salads are really healthy if you make them right, there's tons of other options of anything you can do and it really just becomes about discovering recipes and you know looking on places like youtube and maybe reaching out to people like us that do this kind of coaching to help people and that sort of thing and uh, but once you once you realize it, it it becomes easier as you go along so people can come to bluegrass veg fest enter to win maybe a six month coaching with you all yes. and then you help them with what to eat and how to eat it and how to stay fit at the same time absolutely we teach a full lifestyle medicine course and do accountability coaching every day and then they train at our facility a, a few times a week and we also do online training where if somebody can't come to the gym we can do everything online and where can people find you online uh, they can go to barefitlife.com and they can uh, get information there and they can also find us on instagram at barefit.life or facebook at barefitlife well, Facebook.com backslash Barefit Life. So just type in Barefit in Google and you'll find us. And that's B-A-R-E. B-A-R-E-F-I-T. Thank you so much for taking the time. Good luck today with Bluegrass Veg Fest. You can learn about how to stay fit as a vegan here. Uh, there is a booth across from us called Vegan Outreach. Ten weeks to vegan. Hey, I'm Justin Mark from Forward Radio. Tell us about who you are. What's your name? Oh, my name's Yuri. I'm here with uh, Vegan Outreach today. What's Vegan Outreach? I've never heard of that. Oh, so we're, we're a smaller nonprofit. We've been around about 30 years. The main thing we do is uh, sharing free resources for anybody that's looking to switch uh, their lifestyle, get eat more plants, go vegan. So, like, we give free help to anybody that's, like, interested in that. And like, these days, it's like a lot of people are looking into it. So we've been busy today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. yeah, there's so many people here. It's fantastic. So what's the key to 10 weeks? Why 10 weeks? So 10 we, we this is a unique approach that we came up with. It's instead of like the typical do it for 30 days, you know, like a lot of folks do it for Lent, for instance, you know, it's like a totally immersive. This is kind of like a more how-to instructional way to approach it. It's 10 weeks each week. It's only one animal that we show folks how to make it vegan, how to switch it to vegan. So one, um, you know, one of the foods that we're used to each week, through the 10 weeks, you go through everything that you're used to eating. So yeah, it's unique that way. And if people are finding it really like helpful to approach it, you know, in that kind of a way, they, so it's really different like that. I like it a lot. So do you start with like the biggest carbon impact, like how to replace beef? You got it. You got it. Yeah, you nailed it, right? <laughs> um, so I definitely, I mean, that's what I like about the program. It not only shows you how to, but it shows you like the, the benefit of your choices, you know, too. Like what's what you're impacting by like, you know, making these changes. So it isn't stuff we just are doing for ourselves. It's really changing the future you know, for like climate and everything like that. So like, that's what I love about the resources we do. It also shows you those, those important things to know. Yeah, people are coming to Bluegrass Veg Fest today for all kinds of reasons, right? What are some of those that you're hearing from the people you've talked to? Um, well, mostly today, it's a lot of folks that, you know, health, you know, like there's a lot of folks here that are like my age, 50s, you know, or older and already feeling that impact of like what we've been taught is like healthy to eat which, you know, is like we're learning now slowly. It's not really the case, you know. Um, it, it definitely growing up, I mean, I, I like love McDonald's. I used to go to Outback for my birthday every time I was 30. Yeah. You know, I thought it was all well and good before I really started looking into it. 
So a lot of people are there here for that. But then a lot of the younger folks you see here too are like really like what you got, we were talking about a second ago, that environmental aspect because they're, like they're you know, I think they're the ones that are going to feel it more, you know, we're like directly. So that's what you see that another motivation. But then like I've also like talked to a few people here who've been vegetarian since they were like six, seven, eight years old. And like a lot of them is like for for the animals, you know. So there's, there's definitely different things that people find uh, important about it you know it's great it's great to hear all that like i love nobody has the same story so it's it's what's cool about events like this so i was an environmental studies major in college for three years i was learning about like all the environmental impacts of the meat industry somehow that didn't move me to stop eating meat myself it took until my senior year in college when i finally read something written by a fellow quaker i'm a quaker right and they were you know quakers are pacifists right so they were just writing about like if I had to choose to kill every animal I was eating, I probably wouldn't eat that way. And I was like, holy cow, you're right. <laughs> similar conversation earlier today that somebody that was a hunter and he had uh, chickens that he, like, he, he decided if like he was going to eat meat, he had to do it himself. But he still, that's still like that practice of it. And like, you know, he still wasn't comfortable with it. So he's still working on it and like cutting down, you know, but I think that's an important thing. But it's cool what you said about a Quaker, too. I don't know if you know this. One of the very first vegetarians in this country's history, Mr. Benjamin Lay, was a a vegan like back in like Benjamin Franklin's day. You know, like his his story with learning about that like a year or two ago was one of the most inspiring things I learned about his character and like what he would do uh, for abolition slavery back in the day, too. That was so cool to learn about. So I really appreciate that. Sure. I wonder if you would share your personal story about becoming vegan. Well, that's a long, yeah. So, I mean, no, no, it's, it's always hard to sort of break down because it came on me in a few different directions. It wasn't kind of a linear thing. I, um, I've always been environmentalist. 20 years ago, I was very active with Greenpeace, Rainforest Action Network doing um, uh, corporate pressure campaigns, things like those. Those organizations are working to change, you know. So I was very aware of all these things and, you know, but one thing I was kind of dawning at me at the time was that like, you know, if I'm like pressuring these companies for something like that, I don't like that they're doing what other companies are out there that maybe I'm not comfortable with that are like, I shouldn't be supporting also. And so, you know, it was kind of like that, that just curiosity set me off into like, you know, researching more and learning more about it and in factory farming. And, you know, once you learn about that, then that's, that's where you really like it puts a fire under you right so it took me about a year from that point to to go from zero to vegan but like working in like all the new foods like you can see here today like the amazing things that you can do the vegan style now that that made it so i could you know give up the outback and like (laughs) and uh and you can make make it all the way so yeah it there was a few other i mean i definitely like it was a justice issue you know things like that and like it's just never comfortable with the, the knowledge you know after like learning enough about it so yeah i mean it, it took me a little bit to get off the couch but i got there <laughs> you know well, thank you for sharing your story with us here on forward radio this is Definitely. awesome it's good talking to you you're here till six i am, I am. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. check out the vegan outreach table right across from forward radios here on the back end of the bluegrass veg fest we'll exhibit space and they'll help you out <laughs> good luck to you thank you so much 10 weeks to go in vegan People passing by our forward radio booth. So great to see some of my friends here at the booth. Uh, Michael Logsdon is here promoting the good word. How you doing, Michael? 
I'm doing just fine. How are you today? Have you tried any of the vegan treats yet? I have not. <laughs> That's okay. It's hard. The lines are really long out there. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe how many people are here. This is fantastic. I, I'm not good at estimating crowds. Are you? We got hundreds of people here. Easily, because if you go out to the parking lot, I have not seen this many vehicles in the parking lots out here in two, three months. And that's pretty great. But I would estimate there's at least four to 500 people here because you got outdoor vendors and booths and you have an eating area out there. And on top of that, a lot of the people are going across the street right here to the main buildings of Melwood Art Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I was just came from the speakers. We're going to share some more of them with you in a minute here on our special live broadcast. And we have Amy here, too, from Perks of Being a Book Lover. How are you doing, Amy? I'm good. And Carmichael's is at the front there selling books about vegan topics. I'm so glad you made that connection. I, I saw them briefly out of the corner of my eye. I was like, ooh, yeah, there's books here, too. Have you been doing any summer reading about food? Have I been doing any summer reading about food? Uh... No, but I will, starting tonight. Are you getting hungry for it? Yes, I'm getting hungry. There's a smash bowl I think I might get on my way out, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Patty Payette tried the smash bowl earlier. Uh, I guess they're putting, like, chia seeds in there and delicious things with different fruits. You can get all kinds of different treats. Uh, and, boy, there's so many people here ready to help you go plant-based in so many different ways. It's pretty cool. Uh, and, of course, we're here to help you learn how to access your airwaves on Forward Radio. Uh, if you've never thought about doing a program, whether it's a one-time access hour or maybe you want to do a regular weekly program, you can do it all here on Forward Radio. That's why we're here is to give access to the airwaves, to perspectives that might not get a voice on the mainstream media, as Gene Barr just told you during his lecture the reason you don't hear about things like abuse of farm animals, right, uh, or plant-based alternatives that are just as healthy, the reason you don't hear that is because the mainstream media is completely uh, sold out, right, to the highest bidder. Uh, it's all about profit and not about people, not about animals, and we're here to change that at Forward Radio. We want people and the planet to have a voice like it wouldn't have if we were just trying to make a buck, right? That's not what this is about. None of us on the station make any money for what we're doing. We're just doing this out of the goodness of our hearts. We're all volunteers. And because of that, we're able to make this community resource available to the community for very little money. It's all funded by you, the listeners. We are listener-supported radio. And it only costs $20 a day to keep this station running because of all that volunteer power. You can learn about that, how we do what we do, and how you can get involved at our booth right here at the Bluegrass Veg Fest. My name is Justin Mogg. It's been such a treat bringing you all the treats of plant-based living and all the reasons to do it. It's been great uh, being here with Forward Radio, and I uh, hope you checked out our booth. If not check out our podcast we will post the entire live broadcast up on our podcast at forwardradio.org but with no further ado let's take you back to the studio here on wfmplp 106.5 fm <laughs> 